Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm going to go Saints here. I think this is Ooh. another team. Yeah, Ooh. I know. I like it. You and know it, why? You know what my next one is? Are you going the Bengals? I'm going the Bengals. Good. Boy, you're so scared you actually pronounced the, the name right for a change. I am taking the Bengals. Oh, yeah. And the Bengals came through thanks to Jamar Chase and no thanks to the Honey Badger. I love Tyron Matthew. It's difficult for me I know. to criticize Tyron Matthew, but, but it's the eye over, in the sky doesn't over. lie, as right. they say, right. Chris. No, it, it, it is. It's, kudos to him for getting paid one last time when maybe he shouldn't have gotten paid. Yeah, I'm not mad at him. Certainly not. That, that's for sure. But you're right. I mean, it's not, um, it's not the same guy. We saw signs of that last year. We talked about that. That's why the Chiefs got rid of him. And, uh, yeah, there's been a few plays that have not looked good on Tyron Matthews' uh, resume this year for sure. But I, I'm, I'm still pissed about that game. Like, what the, what the fuck, Saints? Like, what are you doing? The only way you were going to lose the game was to leave, like, Jamar Chase one-on-one. And that's what they did, like, in big crucial moments. And holy crapola. That just, I'm having as bad a year, as frustrating a year of picking games that I can ever remember. I, I'm not even worried about, like, not beating you, which I'm not. It's just like, damn. I, I mean, I, I'm every week right now. I feel like I'm going, like, straight up. I hope I'm just above 500. I mean, am I crazy? Is everybody else having these issues? I don't know, but I'm, I'm feeling the pressure here. I had a couple 12 and 4 weeks, and one of them helped me build a huge lead over you because we were seven disagreements, and I went 6 and 1. So that helped. I picked up one game last week. I went eight and six. You went seven and seven. I think for the first time ever, I was better against the spread than I was straight up. I threaded a needle accurately. Best bets, two and one. You were one and two. Last week was one of the rare occasions where we took opposite sides of the same game for a best bet. You took the Saints. I took the Bengals. Thank you, Jamar Chase. Best bets, I am closing in after a horrendous start. I am chipping away. I am a half game behind in best bets through six weeks. The other categories, I'm happy with where I am. Yeah. And now the goal is to just keep it going. Yeah, I, I hear you. Now, I have a problem with this graphic, though. I do have a problem. It's just not accurate. It's really not. And you guys know why, right? Why? Because you're not that young. <laughs> you're not that young. Ago. And we're supposed to be true. I don't control the photo. We're supposed to be truth tellers here. We keep it real. I don't control the photo. Fucking photos from 10 years ago. The guy's old now. Look at all the gray hair. I mean, geez, let's keep it up with the time. Stop trying to make him look good. (laughs) Fuck yourself, I don't like that photo. I don't care that I that I look young. I I never liked that photo, but I don't care about shit like that. (laughs) I don't care. As long as I'm alive and breathing and beating you in all categories except best bets, and after this weekend I will be. That's all I care about at this point in my life. We'll see. All right. Okay. Let's go. Um, all right. I got nothing more to say about that. If they change the photo, I don't care. Yours isn't exactly flattering either. No, how if dare I were you? I'd be more concerned about yours. <laughs> well, I mean, what what is that look on your face? Are you trying to figure out what octogenarian is in that look? Probably. I don't get it. <laughs> um, or it, it's like, damn, do I have to do another show with this asshole over here? I think that's my look. <laughs> all right. They're already. Oh, we've already emptied the chamber on profanity for this program. No more for the rest of the Megapix podcast. Let's get to it. Thursday Night Football, 
Saints at the Cardinals. Cardinals, two-and-a-half-point favorites, even though they are, to use your favorite term, sucky-ducky. I don't know what this says about the Saints, that they're two-and-a-half-point underdogs against the pathetic Cardinals. 43-and-a-half over under. Chris, who do you like? Well, I, I mean, I, I do think it's a, it's a very even, close football game. You know, the, the one thing that I think saves the Cardinals, and we discussed this this morning a little bit on PFT, is just the Cardinals' defense is real. It really is. I love the Cardinals' defense. You know, they don't have the most imposing front four, and because of that at times they, you know, maybe do some crazy stuff at the line of scrimmage to get pressure on the quarterback, and that could get them burned just every now and then. Like even last week, for a perfect example, Kenneth Walker, you know, he had 91 yards rushing. Like 70 of them were on like three carries, and then the other like 18 carries were for like no yards. It was like he got tackled to the line of scrimmage. But because they don't have a great pass rush all the time, sometimes they do some crazy stuff to create the pressure. Uh, it's the Cardinals' offense that's the issue. We know that. The Saints' defense, not as good this year. Definitely not. You know, they have moments of being stout, but they have an issue with the big plays. But they're playing an offense that I don't really think capable of a lot of big plays. And I favor the Saints just because of this one reason. Because I think the Saints have an offensive line, even without Andrews Pete tonight, that's that's pretty damn special. And they got the run game rolling right now. And I do think that with the Cardinals, with the people at the line of scrimmage at times, and this offense and how they're coached and the quality of that offensive line, I'm going to say that's enough to give them an advantage in DeAndre Hopkins' first game of the year. I'm going to go Saints 20-17. to 17. Okay. You're taking the Saints or the Cardinals. You're talking about DeAndre Hopkins giving them an advantage. Who you well, taking? I know. I'm saying this that, that I know that DeAndre Hopkins could give the Cardinals okay. some advantages tonight, but I'm still taking the Saints. But I am. Still, I yes, got, it. got you. I got it. Sorry, I don't know if I, I was what trying I said to. There. I was trying to bait you into taking the Cardinals because I got the Saints 23-20. I I I just don't get it with the Cardinals right now. I yeah. really don't. I know they've won two games, and I know they still are charter members of the National Football League. We're not going to relegate them to the CFL. But I just don't believe, and I feel like in this desperation moment, we talked about this earlier today on PFT Live, both teams two and four. You fall to two and five before Halloween, you're pretty much fucked. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got one more At left. the drive-thru. And, and, and that's it. At two and five, I, I know there's 17 games now. You know, you're going to have to get very hot to overcome a two and five start and get to the postseason. So this is not quite official elimination, but it's pretty damn close to it if you lose this one. And I think the Saints will muster something in this one. Uh, Cardinals having lost eight in a row at home. Uh, at some point, they're going to win another home game. But I can't imagine the crowd is going to be all that friendly and favorable. I think at some point, we're going to start seeing the empty seats. If not that, we're going to see bags on heads eventually for people to go to Cardinals games. And I think it's safe to say that we will not extend to three for three the years of the team hosting the Super Bowl, playing in the Super Bowl, because the yeah. stadium we see tonight right. is where Super Bowl 57 will be played. Okay, You hit it, Mike. To- the Saints, the Saints, I mean, the Cardinals offense stinks. We didn't, I didn't hit on that enough, but it stinks. It's just, they, they're we, not we a, spent a lot of time talking about that. Anybody out there want, that wants yeah, to know there more, you go. listen to the PFT Live podcast. We That's spent right. 20 minutes talking about how bad Yeah, the we spent Cardinals the first 40 minutes of the show today breaking that game down, so they can get how even more we, in depth. How did we muster... For, I, you know, it's funny. Once we start talking, and I think this is part of the magic of the relationship, we can muster 40 minutes out of anything. Yeah. If we can muster 40 minutes out of Saints-Cardinals, we can talk about anything for 40 minutes. Although we did spend the first seven minutes talking about the deep state conspiracy in the U.S. government as part of the Kennedy assassination and in PCR 6 as part of the disappearing trash can after you pour milk and or water in it the day before. All right. <laughs> One o'clock Eastern games for the seventh Sunday of the 2022 season. Browns at used to be Browns. The used to be Browns are six and a half point favorites. And you know, when I say that, it pisses off both sides. Ravens fans don't want to be reminded they used to be the Browns. Browns fans don't want to be reminded the Ravens used to be the Browns. Well, guess what? They used to be the Browns and they get together twice a year. And the Ravens are six and a half point favorites, desperate after blowing yet another fourth quarter double digit lead last week to. The New York Giants, they're six-and-a-half-point favorites against a Browns team that is two-and-four and and should be better over under 45-and-a-half. Who you got? Yeah, I got no faith in the Browns, so I'm going to pick the Ravens. I mean, the Browns, I just, you know, it's always a major flaw, a major mistake. 
you know, the way they manage the game, something I said on my podcast yesterday, if, if Kevin Skavansky and the Browns manage the game like the Giants and Dayball or Arthur Smith and the Falcons, they would be 4-2. But they have this arrogance about them that, like, they're the greatest show on turf, that they're just, don't worry, we're going to go for it on 4th and 2 on the 19. If we don't get it, we'll be right back down there because we're that awesome on offense. No, you're not. And, you know, uh, going for the kill on a third and 10 on the 31-yard line against Billy, uh, Bailey Zappi. It's, it's 31. Let him kick a field goal, the 48-yard field goal. Go up 6-3. whoop de do. But instead they bring some crazy blitz and New England runs the ball up the middle and Ramondre Stevenson doesn't get touched for a 31-yard touchdown. Ravens' offensive line and run game got it going. That's not good for the Browns who have – a shit defensive line and linebackers. They're the smallest defense in football, and I have a. They're going to have issues stopping that. Rashad Bateman's back for the Ravens. All right, I still I'm not totally sold on the Ravens being the greatest defense in the world, but it's better, and I think they've found the formula that works for them to you know play with anybody. Now they blew the game last week. They should have beat the Giants, and now I'm going to say they come back and bounce back. 27-20 Ravens. I got 27-17, and this just is another one of those gotta-have-it games. John Harbaugh gets his team focused. Lamar Jackson says he's sick of losing. They should be better than 3-3. Three and three. The good news, though, is every 3-3 three and three team in the NFL right now is very much alive. And I know there are multiple teams that it feels like they're a disappointment. They're at 3-3, three and three, like the Packers, the Bucks, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Rams. But there are some 3-3 three and three teams that have to be thinking, hey, here we are. Seahawks, here we are. Right. So the Browns, one game off of being 3-3. Three and three. They're just trying to hold it together until Deshaun Watson comes back, and I don't know that they'll be able to get five or six wins by the time Week 13 rolls around. All right, we agree on that one, both straight up and against the spread. You've got the Ravens covering by a half point. Buccaneers, 11-point favorites at Carolina, over under of 40.5. Second straight week that the Panthers have been the biggest underdogs. They failed to cover the spread last week against the Rams. This week they're at home. Second game for Steve Wilkes as interim coach. Robbie Anderson is gone. Christian McCaffrey trade rumors. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we've spent plenty of time talking about their issues. Can they pull it together? I said earlier today, this is the ultimate spirit is willing, but is the flesh weak test because they're going to be focused, but physically, can they do it against the Panthers? And specifically, can they cover Chris? I, I think they can do both. I do. I don't know if it's going to be all that impressive. I think the Bucks are what they are right now. I, I don't look at it at any point. I, I'm not sure it's going to turn around drastically on the offensive side of the ball. Brady's not all that impressive. You know, their their offensive line is not great in the run game. They're okay in pass protection, but not great. The Panthers can get after the quarterback a little bit. They can. There's no doubt about that. They have some talent there. It's really the Panthers' offense that you just give no chance. Right, I'm taking the Bucks 24 to 10, but I think it'll be an ugly 24 to 10, and I wouldn't be shocked if it's like 17 to 7, you know, midway through the fourth quarter or something like that. I just I don't know. The Bucks Brady's not willing to hold the ball, take shots down the field. Evans looks a step slow. Godwin doesn't look totally 100, um, percent but they win the game 24 10. It was the exact same score of the game last week when the Panthers failed to cover 24-10. The Rams beat them. I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to go 34-16. I just think that this is an opportunity for the Bucks to temporarily exercise some demons, or maybe permanently. Who knows? Maybe this finally starts breaking their way. We have seen Tom Brady not giving the full commitment, both in training camp and last week. Takes off Friday night and Saturday to go to the owner's wedding, not anyone named Glazer but the owner of the team he used to play for, not even the team he plays for now. Just alarming. And he compares football season to military deployment. He got dragged a little bit for that by people who actually are on military deployment and know there's a fundamental difference. But he's got 11 games, and this is it. I mean, at some point, at some point, I think you get tunnel vision, and you say, this is it. You set aside the off-field issues. I know that may be easier said than done, given the extent to which his off-field life may be in turmoil. But at some point you say, I'm focused exclusively on landing this plane. This is the last time in my life I'm going to do it. And maybe it starts this weekend. If it's ever going to start, it's going to start this weekend. 34-16 is my pick. All right. Falcons, surprisingly 3-3. Three and three. I should have mentioned them earlier. As a yeah. team that finds themselves 
somehow in the mix at 3-3 three and three after upsetting the 49ers last week and disrupting one of my bet, best bets, keeping me from going 3-0. and oh. Thanks for nothing, Arthur Smith. They are again underdogs, 6.5 points at Cincinnati, one of the 3-3 three and three teams that needs to get their act together. What do you think about this? And also, remember this, the Falcons, the only unbeaten team in the NFL against the spread wow. in 2022. Uh, I'm not shocked to hear that. You know, I just said, you know, and, and I know you agree, Arthur Smith is phenomenal. He's phenomenal. He knows what his team is. He never lets, you know, his emotions escape him. It's okay, but we're going to punt it. So what? Oh, we're going to run up the middle. We're going to run up the middle. We're going to run up the middle. Oh, we're going to let Mariota keep it off the edge. Oh, we're going to run up the middle. We're going to run a bootleg. We're not going to let Mariota mess the game up with a bad decision throwing the football, which he's gone kind of done throughout his career. The defense is not special but seems to have the game plan specific stuff on a weekly basis, right? They got some big people. They can stop the run. They don't have to worry about stopping the run with the Bengals. I don't think the Bengals can run the ball on anybody, really. So that's going to allow them to, you know, put a little few more eggs in the in the stop Joe Burrow in the pass game basket there. And and the other thing that, you know, just scares me a little bit for the Bengals is they struggled with a similar type of running game last week with the Saints. A quarterback, Taysom Hill, you know, Alvin Kamara, that group. Well, here's Mariota with this group, and they run the football. It's a great offensive line, but still, I can't pick the bang. I can't pick the Falcons to win the game on the road. You know, I think the Bengals' pass defense. I mean, excuse me, the Falcons' pass defense is poor enough to where I just think Burrow and company make too many plays here. I don't think. I think. The Falcons cover the spread, though. I'm going to go Bengals 23-20. Falcons are just one of those teams that hang around. I feel like the time has come for the Falcons to lose against the spread. Not that that's relevant to any discussion, analysis, or conversation in the locker room. I just feel like you're flipping the coin. It's coming up heads. It's come up heads too many times in a row. Now it's time. Bengals 28-21. The Bengals are better than what they've shown. As the season progresses, do they get to the point where they have a moment that is their breakthrough? Was the Jamar Chase catching run for a touchdown to win the game the moment that things break through. I don't know, but the Falcons should not be underestimated. They're thriving even without Cordell Patterson. I'll go 28-21. I'm not real confident about it. I'm not going to make the Bengals a best bet again this week because I'm not best betting against the Falcons anytime soon. But <laughs> we both like the Bengals. We disagree against the spread. Lions at the Cowboys. Dak Prescott medically cleared to play. Lions coming off of a bye week after scoring zero points against the Patriots in week five. Cowboys favored by seven with an over-under of 48.5. Cowboys only a seven-point favorite against a Lions team that has not looked great this year. I'm surprised by that. I know their offense has been very good, but we saw what happened to that offense against a great defense, and there's a chance it happens again in Dallas this week. Yeah, that that's right. That's right. I, I think if I had to pick one thing, you know, to where you go, ooh, the Lions are, you know, a little scary, is that the Lions might be able to do a little bit of like what we saw the Eagles do on that, you know, last drive of the game where they went down and scored, scored the touchdown, right? Uh, the Lions' offensive line is real. They might be able to run the ball on the Cowboys. I do. And because of that, I think, the, you know, they might have to take a few chances. The Cowboys will – you know, give you a few more opportunities than maybe a team like the Patriots to make some big plays because they're so aggressive there. Uh, so that that's probably where you, know, you see the game being close, or at least in my eyes a little bit. Lions run the ball, control the clock a little bit. But I expect to see Dak Prescott, and I expect him to see, see him pretty damn good. And, again, I just think the Cowboys, even though their offense hasn't lived up to potential, I think it's going in the right direction. And with, with Prescott back, uh, they're going to be better in the pass game. And the Lions defense, as we know, is the worst. I'm going Cowboys 30-21. to 21. I do think the Lions will score some points and you know move the ball a little bit on this defense. I have the Cowboys 34-21, so I agree with you. There will be some points scored by both teams. But Dak is back. Right. The offense is going to get a kick in the ass. And I can see this being a game where the Cowboys get out to a big lead and then maybe there's a couple of garbage-time touchdowns by the Lions. But I just don't think the Lions are on the same level as the Cowboys right now. I am surprised the spread is only seven. That is one of those immediate pasta and meatballs reactions that I have, although I'm 6-12 and 12 with my pasta and meatballs reactions uh, when it comes to best bets this year. So I've been betrayed 
but I see minus seven, and I think something's wrong here. The Cowboys are going to win this game by more than seven, I believe, and you believe as well. We'll see if either or both of us make it a best bet. Giants-Jaguars. Jaguars three-point favorites. We talked in the morning show, PFT Live, whether or not the Jaguars should be pissed that they're underdogs. They're five and one, but like the Vikings, another team at five and one, you look at them and say, how did this happen and how long can it last? But the Jaguars have lost three in a row and they have not looked good of late. Trevor Lawrence has plateaued, if not regressed, after a great start to the season. Do the Giants get to six and one? winning in Jacksonville, and being three-point underdogs, Chris? I'm going to say no. I think it ends right here. The Jaguars, as we discussed a little bit this morning, right, I think if we went down the rosters of both teams, we'd end up picking more Jaguar players than Giant players. That's for sure. The big question is you kind of hit on it. Can, can Trevor Lawrence in the pass game make some plays? It really has plateaued since those first few drives in Philadelphia. You know, I was kind of excited about the way the offense looked and the and everything that way. And, you know, the last few weeks I've just gone, man, it's it's not as creative and explosive as I would have expected at, what, from what I saw early in the year. I do think people have already caught on a little bit to their passing game. So, you know, they can run the football. We know that. The Giants make every game ugly. That's for sure. But I'm going to go Jaguars 19-17 in this one. I'm going to play the, you know, desperate game. Kind of, hey, Giants go down to Jacksonville in an underwhelming environment, and it kind of plays into the advantage of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who you know, I think can stop the run and stop the bootleg formula and, and high-percentage short passes of, of Daniel Jones and company. I'm taking the Jaguars in this one. Pete says this is the first time all year you have picked against the Jaguars when it comes to the spread. Wow. But you still pick the Jaguars to win. I'm going Giants 24-20. And I originally had 24-17, but I decided to go with 24-20 because I'm going to let it ride. 24-20 was my guess last week for the Giants-Ravens score, and the score was 24-20. So let it go again. 24-20, Giants win. I like what Brian Dayball is doing convincing these guys to play better than maybe their talent would suggest. And maybe it says something about Brian Dayball versus Joe Judge, that Dayball was able to get a lot more out of these guys than Judge was able to last year. It helps to have a healthy Saquon Barkley and an effective contract year Saquon Barkley. Colts and Titans, they're already having their rematch. They played earlier this year. The Titans won in Indy. Now the Colts, or wait a minute, yes, the Titans did win in Indy, and now the Colts have a chance to avenge that. The Titans are two-and-a-half-point favorites coming off of their bye, over under 42-and-a-half. Do the Titans complete the sweep, Chris? I, I do think so, yes, I do. Uh, and again, the fact that the Colts can't really run the football, you know, Titans had a week off, uh, the, the, put more eggs into stopping the Matt Ryan, short passing game, dropping back. You know, it's a pretty... Pretty good pass rush with the Tennessee Titans. And, you know, when I look at the Colts, again, it's it's a solid defense. It doesn't jump out to me. Wow. I, I just think Tennessee will be able to kind of control the game, run the ball. Tannehill will make a few throws here and there. Usual formula. But I just think at the heart, it's, it's a close game where I just – I believe in the Titans a little bit more than I do the Colts right now. I do. I believe in the fabric of Mike Vrabel and, you know, what they've done over the last few years – and I do think their defensive line is just going to be a little too much to, for Matt Ryan and company to overcome in this one. I'm going to go Titans in a close one, 20-17. Slow start, but then they come along just like we saw last year. Right. Got embarrassed at home by the Cardinals week one, ended up the number one seed. Not that they're going to be the one seed in the AFC again, but I think the Titans win this game. I have it as 23-20, to 20, and the sweep won't matter. Because the Colts have a tie, yeah. unless the Titans get a tie as well. But the win still matters, and it puts the <laughs> the Titans in control of first place in the division, and they may not look back once they can do this one. I am impressed, though, that the Colts are 3-2-1 and one after the way they started the season, the way they've looked. How do they keep winning games? It really is impressive that they keep finding ways to win, but that ends on Sunday. Packers at the Commanders. Green Bay only a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Commanders... Hosting this one over under a 41.5. 
this feels like another one where if the Packers are ever going to wake up, it's going to be against an opponent that doesn't have its starting quarterback, Taylor Heineke back under center. The team is is banged up. But they showed they could go on the road and beat the Bears. Can the Commanders keep it close against the Pack? Yeah, and they, they were fortunate to win against the Bears. They really were. I mean, really got outplayed. I, I, again, I, I got respect for this D-line in Washington, and I think they could make things tough and ugly you know, on the Green Bay Packers. But as we know, like Rodgers isn't going to hold the ball long. He's, it's going to be out of his hand before the pass rush can ever really take over the game. But I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball consistently. I mean, the Packers, we know what they are right now. They're a team that's going to be score around 20 points. If they get an extra touchdown or something like that, it's just because the other team messed up some way. But and I, I don't see anything more than that. The real issue is the Washington offense. The Packers defense has not been as dominant as we thought it was going to be. They're one of the more disappointing units in football right now. But this might be the week they get it back together a little bit. I think the Packers kind of win an ugly one in here. I'm going to say 21-13, cover the spread, you know, get back on track to a degree. Like, but one of those games where we go, yeah, they won, but I don't know if I feel a whole lot better about them. I've got the Packers as 28-14 winners. I think and, – and look, th- this is just one of those where – and, and they wouldn't be 3-3 three and three each right now if the Bucks and Packers were as good as I thought they were going to be this year, as good as we all thought they were going to be. Yeah. But this just feels like gut-check time, that if you're ever going to approach fulfilling your expectations, this is the week to do it. So just like the Bucks at the Panthers, the Packers at the Commanders, I think the Packers win. I got them 28-14. to 14. Aaron Rodgers willing the team to a greater level of achievement and this is against an opponent where they should be able to get it done. By the way, three straight road games for the Packers. They'll go to Buffalo week eight on Sunday night football. That will be a hell of a test for the Green Bay Packers. This one should be easier. And how about this? Yeah. Only seven games in the 1 o'clock Eastern window. I know. Window I'm so happy. On Sunday. Uh, but we've got four games in the late afternoon window. What we're going to do is take a break, and we'll look at the 4 p.m. Eastern games or the 4.25 p.m. Eastern game. The big one this week, a rematch of Super Bowl 54. We'll do that next on this joint picks podcast, PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. PFTPM Chris Sims unbuttoned week seven. The late afternoon games, Sunday, some intriguing matchups, starting with the New York Jets, shockingly 4-2, at the Denver Broncos, unexpectedly 2-4. The Broncos still favored by one point, over under of 38. Russell Wilson has the hamstring injury, unless he doesn't. We'll see if he plays. We'll see how he does, getting chased around by Quinn and Williams. Chris, did the Broncos get to 3-4? and four? I'm in, I'm I'm up in the air on this one, and Russell Wilson's health status is certainly, you know, uh, dictates how I feel. I'm kind of picking the game because it's a hamstring and thinking he won't be his normal self. If not, he watched film yesterday at the Jets defensive line and said, "Forget that, I'm hurt. That's right, I'm not playing this week." Uh, so it, it, I have tremendous respect for this this Broncos defense. It's real. I mean, they're phenomenal. I'd have a hard time thinking that the Jets can run the ball or, or throw the ball with great success. I think it's going to be like maybe look like it did in Green Bay a little last week. But the thing that I love about last week and in Green Bay is like Salah didn't panic. He was like, wait, this is going to be a defense run game and I'm not going to go for it and, and do crazy stuff and we're going to punt the ball and play field position because he felt like, hey, my teams, I think we're better. I'm just going to wait it out. My guys will make some plays here. And that's what happened. I'm going to kind of go with that again. 
I, I, I just I don't have any faith in the Broncos' offense. I don't. There's nothing to have faith in. The Jets' defense has tremendous team speed. We're seeing they can rush the passer. The Broncos' O-line is just okay. I'm going to take the Jets 16-13. to 13. I don't feel good, like, necessarily, and I could see if Russell Wilson plays, it'd be the exact opposite score and be 16-13 Broncos, but I'm going to ride the Jets in their hot hand right now. It really is amazing to me that we have a rebirth of the two New York teams, the New York City, New Jersey teams. The Buffalo fans get pissy when we say the Jets and Giants are New York teams. Until they change the name to New Jersey Giants and New Jersey Jets, they're still New York teams. I digress. Both are on the road this week against two and four teams, and both are underdogs. I am stunned by that, and I think this is a vestige of the betting public looking at the Giants and looking at the Jets and not being able to get past the fact that they chronically suck. These Jets don't. These Jets are going to go out to Denver, and they are going to win the game. I've got 24-21. It may not be that close. I believe in the Jets right now under Robert Sala. If they can dismantle the Packers and Aaron Rodgers the way they did in their own building— what are they going to do to the Broncos, who have been lackluster start to finish? Even the games they win aren't impressive. They've got two victories this year over the Texans and the 49ers. And the only reason they beat the 49ers is, number one, they pulled together a back-to-the-future drive by Russell Wilson when they needed it, and then Jimmy Garoppolo did Jimmy Garoppolo things. Otherwise, they'd be 1-5 with one win coming against the Texans, for crying out loud. So... I'm a big believer in the Jets in this one. 24-21 could be a best bet. Spoiler alert, unless I change my mind. All right, Texans at the Raiders. Raiders coming off of their bye. Seven-point favorites over a Texans team that had some upheaval this week with the firing of Executive VP of Football Operations, Jack Easterby. That probably means nothing at all to the football operations. Can the Texans get a victory? They're coming off of their bye as well. 45.5 over under in Las Vegas. Who do you like? Well, I like the I like the Raiders. A week off, Josh McDaniels, the smartest, creative as he is. The Raiders, yeah, one win on the year. But damn, I mean, they're like, you know, millimeters away from from being a, a you know, a, a four-win football team. Uh, so I'm not, like, totally down on the Raiders. And you brought up a point, like, looking at their schedule a few weeks ago. They, they could go on a run here a little bit and, you know, even the, the scales a little where we could come out these next four or five weeks and go, oh, the Raiders are, you know, five and four or something like that. I wouldn't be shocked. You know, the Raiders, the only issue of their team and a little bit that we saw that last week is maybe their pass defense. But this is like it's the Texans. You don't have to worry about them passing the football. And I do think the Raiders, their offense has kind of got it going. You know, the only thing that's hard with the Texans is they don't let you score points. You might move the ball down the field, but they make you kick a field goal. And then you move it down 80 yards again, and they make you kick a field goal. I'm going to go like ugly defensive type of game here with this one, where they might put up a lot of yards, but it's not necessarily going to accumulate a lot of points. I'm going to go 21-13 Raiders. I got 31-21. I think the Raiders are going to score some points here. I think now is the time for them to find the gas pedal and go. A lot of frustrations from that Chiefs game last Monday night. I think that that memory is going to be fresh enough in their minds for them to go do what they need to do and get this win and cover the spread. Fascinating game coming up in L.A. Seahawks at the Chargers. Short week for the Chargers, who were at home for both games. They beat the Broncos in overtime thanks to a muff punt. Now here come the Seahawks with a great offense. Geno Smith playing the best football we've ever seen from him. Ken Walker, great rookie running back. Tariq Woolen, NFC Defensive Player of the Week. He's been awesome. Defense has been better than we expected. Seahawks a surprising 4-3. and three. Chargers are still six-point favorites, Chris. This one fascinating. Who do you like, both straight up and against the spread? Yeah. I like the Chargers. I'm going to go with the Chargers just because I don't totally trust the Seahawks defense. You know, I do want to – the Chargers got to take more shots down the football field. It, it bothers me. You know, they got one of the greatest arms we've ever seen and, and Justin Herbert, and they're the king of the five-yard pass. You know, and I, I like their offense. Their offense has all the right plays. It gets all the right coverages. They just have no sizzle. There's no – you know, as you talk about, like, remember, you always talk about Sean Payton. He watches all these plays because he steals some, some great plays from other teams and all that. They have no game plan specific sizzle plays every week. And that's what bothers me. And it lets teams hang around. But, you know, as much as I do think they'll move the ball on the Seahawks, I, I think the Seahawks will move the ball on the Chargers, too. 
I mean, this, the Seahawks offense, it's dangerous. Geno's playing really good. And like you heard me say today, I mean, first off, we know the Chargers' run defense is not good. And it's not that the Seahawks' run offense is really that special. It's just the running back they have. I, I'm blown away by the running back, Mike. He's, he, for me, is in the conversation for the best running back in football already. Kenneth Walker is a superstar. He is up there with Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, any of them. He is a really, really awesome player. But I'm going to go with the Chargers to win this, 30-27 to 27 at home. I like the Seahawks in this one, and that's good because we only disagreed straight up on one other game. I got Seahawks 27-24. I just think that we have been sleeping on the Seahawks. Yeah. I believed in them last week against the Cardinals, and I believe in them this week against the Chargers. You don't underestimate the power of the 12s, who I suspect will be present and will be loud at SoFi Stadium where the Chargers can't muster a home field advantage. I think the Seahawks are sensing an opportunity to go on a run here. They're tied for first place in the division with the Rams and the 49ers unexpectedly, and they just, they just feel like they're moving in the right direction. Pete Carroll yesterday talking about where they are. We're just getting rolling. He likes the fact that people aren't taking them seriously. I think we're going to come out of this one saying, hey, you know, maybe we do need to take this team seriously. And you look at that Chargers team we saw on Monday night. I know the Denver defense is great, so that skews our perspective. They, they just weren't inspiring. And no, the Seahawks have you. been better yeah. overall. I, I think the Seahawks win this one in an upset. Six-point favorites. I like the Seahawks to win. Maybe it'll be a best bet. We'll see. I, Chiefs. Okay. Go ahead. No, yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of crazy. I'm looking here at the picks like what you said. It's just like, first off, I think that was the first underdog, or I, I don't know. Have I? I haven't picked an underdog to win yet. I, I, I got the the favorite winning in every game. I got a few of the underdogs covering, right? So I guess that's oh, Jets the Jets. The Jets, the Jets is my one. All right, all right. So man, we only have one disagreement on straight up picks. We got a few with the two with the uh, spread. Okay, two two disagreements two. now. Yes, yeah, sorry. You got the Jaguars, I got the Giants, right. you got the Chargers, I got the Seahawks. Okay. Chiefs and the 49ers, I'll tell you now, I got the Chiefs given two and a half. It's moved from three to two and a half. That suggests there's been some money put on the 49ers. Chris, tell me who you like, and then maybe we'll be debating whether or not it will be the Chiefs or the 49ers. No, I like the Chiefs, too. I, I'm, I'm with you here. I, I can't – I can't. you know, the, the 49ers, if they're a healthy football team, they're made to, to beat the Chiefs and play with the Chiefs. You know, run the football, chew up the clock, keep Mahomes off the field a little bit. Chiefs a little crazy, crazy and exotic at times. You know, play action pass, boom, down the middle. Debo Samuel makes a big play. You know, don't have to blitz Mahomes, can rush the four, front four, get there. But they're a banged-up football team, the most banged-up team in the sport. And I just think with the Chiefs losing the game they did last week, you know, we might see Nick Bosa, but there's no Kinlaw. There's no Armstead. Ecubombs banged up and hurt. You know, the uh, Drake, their other defensive linemen's banged up and hurt. Uh, Trent Williams, maybe he's back. I don't know. The Chiefs are pretty good at stopping the run. It's the pass game that's maybe an issue for them, and I don't think the 49ers are good enough in the pass game to take advantage of it. So I'm going to go the Chiefs. 49ers are going to play hard, and it's, this is a big game for them. You know, their backs are definitely against the wall here. But I'm still going to go the Chiefs, 21-17. 49 is very dangerous when their backs are against the wall. And yes. I won't be surprised if they win this game. And this won't be a best bet for me. But I think the Chiefs' backs are against the wall, too, as it relates to their competition with the Bills. Because now they are one game behind plus tiebreaker Buffalo for the number one seed in the AFC. And they're surely very conscious of that. I think this is one where between the injuries of the 49ers and the mutual desire to get this done. The 49ers have more wiggle room right now than the Chiefs do. 49ers are tied for first place in the division. 49ers are built to go on the road in January and win. They don't need the one seed. The Chiefs desperately do, and I think they need to go to San Francisco and get this victory. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. Primetime games for Week 7 will be the focus of the next segment here on this joint Megapix podcast edition of PFTPM and Chris Sinbun Button. We'll be right back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. BFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, a joint Megapix podcast. They tell us that we are very light so far on time, so I am going to speak slowly. Well, what are you going to do tonight? What's going on tonight? I'm going to watch the game. I'm going to watch the game. I mean, you got anybody coming over? We're taping this on Thursday. I know. Cigars, drinks. I don't don't know. I I don't know if anybody's coming over. I, I don't know. I know I'm going to the barn. My nephew, who's a huge Cardinals fan, may come over and watch the game, but he's got homecoming weekend, and he's a senior in high school, so he may not make it for that because of all the other activities that are going on. But I, I think he'd like to come over and, and hang out and watch Kyler Murray and company. How old's your Saints. nephew? He's 18. He's 18. High school senior. Okay, yeah. okay. Do you, let your, so, uh, do you let your son smoke weed in front of you in the barn, or does he have to like act like he's going he outside and doing something else, and then he smokes weed? Let's see, what do you do my, there? My son, my son doesn't smoke weed. Damn, that's so disappointing. I'm going to have to send some down there. And then get that going. <laughs> put put my name on the envelope, please. Okay. Although, although you know what, I am eligible for a medical card because of my Crohn's disease. Oh, so you I, should do I it. I may get I may get a medical card. Okay. So all right, I'll we'll be see. in my barn too. That's how too. it started for you, right? Yeah, De- definitely. I got a medical card. It's the best thing I ever did. You know, weed is weed is less expensive than it is when you had to buy it from, you know, some guy on the street <laughs> and the quality's better. So it's 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 uh, it's a win win. And that's for sure. I think uh, tonight I got um, what is it? I have strawberry cough. That's what I'm going to be rolling up tonight in my backwoods. Tonight's the one night I roll up a cigar. Right. I, I, I tried to break my habit of. You know, putting the tobacco leaf around the weed and doing that too much. So this is my one night that I roll up a cigar around the weed and do it that way. And I got strawberry cough, which is a very good sativa uh, that'll be uh, fun tonight as I enjoy the game. What do you do when you don't use a backwoods tobacco wrapper? Do you go bong? No, I got like um, pre-roll little joints. Another great thing about getting the medical card is you can get like pre-rolled stuff. So it's it's great. I have these, you know, like regular size joints and then these ones they call like dog walkers, I guess, because, you know, by the time you walk the dog, it's, it's gone. Uh, and, uh, so that, that's what I use, uh, if I'm not, if I'm not rolling it up like tonight. Um, what's the strangest, and this, you can tell we have time to fill. What's the strangest name of a strain that you've ever heard? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. They change the names in Connecticut. They don't use the street names, right? Like for some reason they thought that was going to be like a bad thing. So it's really weird. Hmm. What are some, that's a good one. I mean, gosh, I got some ones cereal milk and, you know, AK-47. And, yeah, there is the Incredible Hulk, Pete just said there. I, I, I'll, I'll think about that. I'll get back to you at the end of the podcast if I come up with one that's crazier. Let me think about that. Speaking of crazy, and this is the last thing we'll say because we've probably already exhausted all surplus time. Nah. My understanding here in West Virginia, if you get a medical card, you have to surrender your hunting license and your fishing license. Apparently because they don't want people out there who are high, who are, you know, shooting guns. Like they don't drink beer when they hunt or when they fish. Uh, no, that, I can understand the hunting. Yeah. But the fishing, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to be so high you fall in? I, I, and, I don't understand again, that. And again, you drink while you fish. I, I don't understand that at all. And drinking impairs you more than the weed does. I, I don't even understand that. I don't, I don't. I don't. It's like this. It's just this stigma around weed. It really is. Uh, I, I don't know why they go to these great lengths at times. Like they worry about that. Like you said, like too. Like what? A, oh, I smoked weed. Now I'm gonna just sh- oh, bum, 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 and shoot everybody. Oh, yeah. like what? That doesn't do that. I, what? 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 What are they talking about? You know, they're they're worried about that. Even the stats with driving with weed. It's 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 like they were worried about. Oh, people are gonna smoke weed and then drive crazy. What? 
It's the exact exact opposite. I bet you if more people smoked weed, we'd have less road rage incidents and everything going on. You wouldn't speed. You're chilling, whatever. And they're finding that in all the states that are legal, that there's nobody ever really pulled over for reckless driving when they're weed with weed. They might, yeah, get arrested or get in trouble because they have weed in the car or they're smoking weed, but it's not because they're speeding or doing running people over or anything like that. So it's weird, the stigma. It comes from... My understanding, paper and cotton. That's who ruined right. weed. Paper and cotton, because they were in direct competition with the hemp. And they're the ones that put a lot of this bad stuff out there about. Yeah. Deep State. And we I can talk JFK. Next one. When we get the rest of the JFK documents that are being oh, I can't allegedly wait. wrongfully withheld by the government, we'll find out it was big paper and big cotton that took out JFK. <laughs> All right. We have exhausted our surplus. We spent our extra that time was a good talk. talking about marijuana. Now let's talk about the Steelers and the Dolphins. A big game for Sunday Night Football. And I'm not just saying that because NBC pays me. This is a game that has playoff implications. The Steelers beating the Buccaneers. What a, what a coup that was for Sunday Night Football to have the Steelers riding in on a high note. The Dolphins getting Tua Tonga-Vailoa back. We talked during PFT Live just about all the issues relating to Tua and coming back from one, if not two, concussions. Chris, when it's time to line up and play, what happens as the Steelers and the Dolphins get together on Sunday Night Football? Yeah, the Steelers are always crazy. I, I, I favor the Dolphins. The Dolphins are the better, more talented football team. Uh, I, 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 I think that the Steelers are going to have a hard time stopping the Dolphins' offense. I, I I imagine it posing some problems for them. Again, Tua was playing pretty good football before he got hurt. He made some throws in that game against Cincinnati before he was hurt. Where I went, whoa! I mean, the guy's balling tonight. I don't know if he's going to regain that form right away, but I expect the play at the quarterback position to be better than it's been the last few weeks without him. That's for sure. And you know, the Steelers. Uh, uh, I, I don't I don't see this as I think there's a little too much to worry about. Last week they knew, wait, we can just rush the front four. They can't run on us and we'll be able to just corral Brady and make him antsy and jittery, which they did. There's too many other things to worry about with not only the run game, the screens, the reverses, all of that. And then I think when you couple on the fact that, you know, the Dolphins don't really have to worry about a run game playing against the Pittsburgh offense, and now it allows the the you know Josh Boyer and the defense to do crazy things in the pass game and stop that group there. I I, I think the Dolphins will slowly wear down the Steelers in this one. I'm going to go Dolphins 27-17 here. I was the lone wolf last week for Sunday Night Football, yeah. taking the Cowboys over the Eagles, and by doing so saved everyone from the potential embarrassment of the Cowboys winning and the rest of us looking like idiots. I may be the lone wolf again this week because I am going Steelers. Of course you I'm are. Back on, I'm back on the pasta and meatballs. <laughs> Don't bet against the Steelers. They are dangerous. 20 to 17. By the way, I neglected to mention the Dolphins are seven-point favorites with an over-under of 44 and a half. I like the Steelers to cover. I like the Steelers to win. There's just something now about the Steelers that I like, and I throw in that Brian Flores factor, the guy who got fired by the Dolphins, and all the stuff that's going on. And Steven Ross is back from his suspension, and I suspect that they're going to dig deep, and they're going to find a way. And these questions about Tua, and is he going to be different? We know he's going to be back. Is he going to be thinking too much? Is he going to have an easy transition yeah, back I to football you. after having maybe two concussions four days apart? I, I think that that's just too much. And I think the Steelers are going to come in there, and we saw them go after Tom Brady. I, I said earlier this week that Cam Hayward told me after the game, Brian Flores told, told the Steelers defense, don't worry about trying to fool this guy. You're never going to. Just get after him. And they're going to do that to Tua as well. Will he hold up? Will he be thinking too much? Will he be getting rid of the ball too quickly? Will he throw a couple of balls that maybe the Steelers can grab out of the air because he threw it before he was ready to throw? I just think there's too many issues and uncertainties with his Dolphins team. And the Steelers, after beating the Buccaneers, I can see them parlaying that in a win. And it's, it's good that it's not daytime. 
It's good that they pulled this as a night game. Could you imagine the Steelers out there in their black helmets and black jerseys under conditions like we saw last week when it was 90 degrees on the Miami sideline and 120 on the Minnesota sideline? The Steelers are very lucky this one was picked for a Sunday night game. Yeah, I, I hear you there. I, I, I mean, the points you make, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I do, and I, I worry about that with Tua, too, that he just has a little bit of a, you know, he's a little bit anxious trying to protect himself, throwing the ball away, maybe a hair you know, earlier than he should, or going down in the pocket, and you go, oh, man, there's a play. Certainly crossed my mind. It did. Uh, but I, I think at the end of the day here, there's just a little too much. And I just um, – with, the, with the, the Steelers, again, just I think having to rely on the pass game, that's just what the Dolphins want. The Dolphins want it to become a passing football game. So that's where I just – I'm going to go with my gut here, my steak and potatoes, and, and take the Dolphins winning by 10. By the way, Tyreek Hill on track to set the single-season receiving yardage record. And Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill both in the top five in receiving yards this year, even with all the quarterback issues and the revolving door and guys getting thrust into the mix unprepared like Skylar Thompson two weeks ago and Teddy Bridgewater this past week. We'll see what Tua and company can do. Monday Night Football, Bears at the Patriots. New England an eight-point favorite with a 39-and-a-half over under. The Bears were uninspiring on Thursday Night Football. Had their chances, couldn't cash it in. The Patriots' defense has been getting better and better before our eyes. Mac Jones reportedly will be available for this one. Whether or not Bill Belichick uses him is a different issue. I don't think it matters, Chris. I mean, look, there's no mystery here. I think the Patriots are clearly the better team. 23-13, to 13, they keep it rolling. They get to 4-3. and three. Just like last year, they started slowly, and then they became really good. We forget that they got really good because they got their asses kicked so handily in the wild card loss to the Bills, 47-17. They were becoming a very good team, and we're seeing that again. They're figuring out what they need to do. This is Bill Belichick not going to Robert Kraft's wedding, not taking any days off, grinding and grinding and grinding, working hard, working smart, making his team better. I think they win this one easily. Yeah, I, um, I'm with you. I, I expect them to win it. First off, the Bears, I just don't think the Bears have enough on the offensive side of the ball, and specifically the passing game. I mean, it's just too spotty. I thought Kirk Herbstreit did a good job last week of pointing out a few plays early in the game where just showing, like, this is open in the NFL. Justin Fields has to throw the ball here. He, you, I, I don't trust Justin Fields. I don't, and especially against this group. And you said it right. Patriots defense just continues to get better and better. They can cover well. They got big people to stop the run game. They're creative. I, I don't see a Bears offense that's not that great really having their way or really doing much at all against this football team. And then what scares me off of that is the Bears, like Cleveland last week against the New England Patriots, the Bears aren't – they can't stop the run. What? And you got to play the Patriots? You've heard me say, I mean, the Patriots, it's one of the hottest run games in the sport. The only reason they didn't just bust it open last weekend against Cleveland is because – Cleveland was selling out so much to stop the run, they were like, okay, gosh, if you're going to do this, then we will throw it. And people were wide open. I mean, there's how many completions did you see Bailey Zappi throw and go, there's nobody within five feet of this guy catching the football. There's nobody in the screen. So I think some of that could happen to the Bears. Yeah, I think the Patriots are a little bit in a different class. The Patriots are never going to be like the greatest show on turf on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, I think this is one where the Bears will have to overplay trying to stop the run, and it's going to lead to some easy completions for Bailey Zappi. I go Patriots 24-13. to I said 23-13, so we're almost exactly on the same page with that one. By the way, did you hear my dog barking? No, I didn't hear him. Oh. My, my volume's she, a little she, low in my ear, so. she. It's funny. I'll tell this story real quick, and then we'll take a break. She loves to run out front. We've got eight acres total. And all this land in the back. But no, she wants to run out in front of the house. And my wife's concern is the road comes up in front of the house. And the mailman and the guy from FedEx and UPS, they like to come up the hill with a little lead in their foot. So she puts Macy in the car, takes the car out, blocks the road, lets Macy out, and Macy runs. So if anybody comes up, they can't come barreling up the hill and hit Macy. But anyway, the dog knows she's going out front. And the dog will not stop barking until the dog gets to jump out of the car. She's so excited to go out front. So some of you with higher volume may have heard 
Macy losing her shit downstairs because she knew she was literally going to get to go outside and lose her shit. We'll take a break. <laughs> when we return, best bets, Folsom Prison Blues for week seven. PFTPM, Chris Sims unbuttoned back after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Chris Sims unbuttoned to PFTPM Joint Mega Picks Podcast, Week 7. We actually have five minutes to wrap this thing up. Usually we are rushing through the best bets and our Folsom Prison Blues pick. Let's begin with the best bets. Chris, you're up first. We each picked three against the spread or an over-under. I was wondering the other day, if you bet every under so far this year, how much money would you have made? Let's say you put $100 on every under this year. What You probably got... Well, how, one thousand five hundred is how much you'd be ahead. Okay, if you. Took I all picked the under. the under like in three games early in the year, and of course those were the fucking games that the under didn't hit. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm like the kiss of death right now. Uh, and it is. It is an interesting conversation of why scoring is down around the NFL right now. It is. You know, I, I, I do find that fascinating. I find it fascinating that we had four teams run for over two hundred yards last week, and they all lost. I mean, it's, it's some weird stuff going on. And I think a little bit is, yeah, the defensive lines are way better than the offensive lines. Teams are – coaches are all over the place and managing football games. And then the rules, the way they are, they're set up for the offense and some bad penalties and things like that. All of a sudden, a team that shouldn't win wins or scores late and they shouldn't have. And I don't know. But uh, what's your two cents on why you think scoring's down? Just uh, like your, your first reaction. I just think the quarterback play isn't where it needs to be. I really do. As the older quarterbacks aren't playing well, and as you've said, I get influenced a lot by you since we spend so much time each week talking about this, but the, the offensive coordinators aren't good enough. I think they aren't so. creative enough. That's, they, aren't, be... they aren't doing enough to stay ahead of the defenses. And as you've also said, the defensive line men are better than the offensive linemen. Yes. And we see it play out. Even you know, so much holding that's being allowed, the flags for roughing the passer, it's still not goosing the offense. All right. You're right. We've pissed away any extra time we may have had. Give me your first best bet. I'm going with the Patriots. I mean I picked twenty four thirteen Patriots. I wouldn't be shocked if it's thirty to thirteen Patriots, something along there. But I think their defense is going to suffocate the Bears. It's an eight point spread, right? Um yeah, I'm I'm going with the Patriots and the points here all the way. I'm going to go with the Ravens, giving the Browns six and a half. This is one of those John Harbaugh, get it together and take care of business and get your team on the right side of 500 again after losing another game in the fourth quarter. I don't think the, the Browns are built to come back from a double-digit lead the way other teams against the Ravens have. So I'll take the Ravens minus six and a half, hosting Cleveland. All right, I'm going to go take the Falcons here. I'm going to go with it. I know they're the team that covers the spread every week. They're, they're underdogs by six and a half. There was a part of me that really wanted to take the Falcons to win the football game. The Falcons, I do think, because they don't have to worry about a run game, Dean Pease will be able to slow down the pass game enough. And the Bengals aren't very good at stopping the run here. And the Falcons run the ball on everybody. I'm going to go with the Falcons to cover that spread. I've got the Cowboys giving seven to the Lions. Even though the Lions have had extra time to get ready, the Cowboys, I believe, are going to try to get right. Dak is back. It's going to be celebratory. I think it's going to be an ass-kicking. Seven isn't nearly enough. I said earlier, as soon as I saw that line, I thought something's wrong here. The Cowboys should be favored by more than seven. It should be more like ten. I think the Cowboys win, and they win big. All right. This is where my last one. I'm, I'm, I'm a little up in the air here, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. And I've been burned by the Buccaneers. I was burned last week. I'm going to do it one more time here. I am. I just have. I, I do think the Buccaneers' defense is still a pain in the butt. There's no question about that. They're not making as many plays. They can't get after the quarterback the way they've been able to the last few years. So that it annoys me. But the Panthers, 
You know, they're, they, they you could put them under the classification. I'm not sure they could score a lot of points if he took the defense off the field. Going Bucks. Last one for me, and I can't believe I'm doing this, but I love the Jets getting one. Whoa! I love the Jets giving one. I'd love the Jets giving three. I think the Jets are for real. We saw it at Lambeau Field. What happened last week, in 30 years of Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, that doesn't happen to get stomped that way by a team that people think is average. Maybe they're not average. And the Broncos stink right now. I think the Jets win that one. All right, who's the one team, Folsom Prison Blues, the one team that you would pick if you're – I can't remember how we say this. If you're laying dead in a gutter and you have, or dying in a gutter, if you're yeah. dead, it's too late. Give me the one team that you think will win straight up this week. Uh, the Patriots. I mean, come on. The Bears are barely alive in the gutter. They're going to be dead after today. I'm going to go Patriots as well. I almost made them a best bet, but I'm going to root hard against the Patriots yeah, minus screw yourself. since you made them a best bet. <laughs> Thanks for watching or listening. See, See you next ya. time. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.